All right, once again, it's time for another installment of all the real estate terms and definitions you need to know. Today, the letter T. Let's do it. What is happening, my how to buy homies? It's time for tea. <laughs> I said time for tea. It's like tea time in England. But you know, as Ted Lasso would say when it comes to tea, when they actually ask him how he takes his tea, I say what he says. He says, well, I usually tell him to take it right back to the counter because someone has made a horrible mistake. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get going for all things the first time homebuyer should know about the letter T. And our first T word is taxes and insurance. See, now I cheated there because instead of just saying the T in the P-I-T-I, I put taxes and insurance, the T-I in the P-I-T-I together as though they were combined. And that is for a very specific reason. Oh, and if you don't know what P-I-T-I is, go back to the P episodes. Those are 136, 37, 38. But I'll tell you anyway, it's principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. And today we're talking about the T and the I, the taxes and insurance. Because as you move forward in your monthly home calculations on that payment, you're going to be constantly working on your PITI. It's the monthly number that is going to replace your largest monthly expense, your rent payment. That's the PITI that makes up your mortgage. The P and the I are the principal and the interest on your loan payment. So those go together. And then we take your T and your I and we put those together, taxes and insurance, and they should be thought of together with the PITI, but also kind of separately as well. The reason for that is that they can be, and they usually are what we call impounded by your lender so that your payments are then divided up into 12 monthly payments as opposed to paying it at the time that your taxes and insurance, usually usually twice a year, they're going to ask for it. Sometimes it's different if it's you're dealing with different tax codes in your different areas. But if you have your lender pay for it, then that's called impounding it. Now, you don't have to impound them if you don't want to. And that means you would only pay your principal and your interest. And meanwhile, your taxes and your insurance will be paid by you whenever they're due, usually about every six months, but it could be different where you are. So that means you're going to be in charge of putting that extra money aside every month and making sure that you pay that correctly. So most people actually let their lender open an escrow account for them. And then you pre-fund that account with your closing costs, and then you pay into it monthly with the TI in your PITI. And the lender will make this usually biannual payment for you or whenever your local taxes or insurance are due. Now, the reason they do this is because a loan has to be insured and it has to be up to date on its taxes or there's a chance that they can, you know, default on the loan. They don't want to do that. So the bank sets this up for you because they'd rather protect their asset, always knowing that they have enough money in that escrow account. Now, when it comes to calculating how much you're going to pay for taxes on your home, that depends on what state, what county, and what city you're in. So, as usual, you're going to need a unicorn lender to help you figure out exactly what the taxes are in your area. Moving on to our next tea, and uh, we'll start this with another one of Ted Lasso's thoughts on drinking tea. You know, I always figured that tea would taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. This is horrible. Love Ted Lasso. And yep, I hate tea. Sorry, peeps. Our next tea is tenancy in common. Now, this is one way to take title or ownership of the home. And it describes 
a type of joint ownership of the property where all parties own the property, but you can actually own it in different ratios. It doesn't have to be just 50-50 if there's just two of you or 33-33-33 if there's three of you. You can split it up 60-40, 50-25-25. And the other big thing about tenancy in common is it is not a right to survivorship. Now, in some other ones, the survivorship owners will end up getting the remainder of the property should someone become unalive or pass away. And one of the other things with the tenancy in common, it is not a right to survivorship ownership. Now, what that means is the surviving owners get to split up the deceased unalive person's property interest. Instead, in this case, the person who passes away, their ownership interest or percentage, because remember, it could be 25% or 40% or 60%, however you split it up, it actually falls into that person's estate. And that means it's going to be defined by their will or their governing law. Make sense? This is one that people ask you about a lot, but we'll go deep into title later. Okay, more tea coming at you. And another Ted Lasso thought, tea is horrible. Absolute garbage water. Don't know why y'all do that. God, I love them. Next one is termite inspection and termite report. Now, Google tells us that termites are small, pale, soft-bodied insects that feed on wood. Who would have thought? <laughs> and that they can be highly destructive. Now, when you're buying a home, you're going to see something called the WDI. That's the wood-destroying insect. Sounds like a Marvel movie. But it's also known as the termite report, not just a WDI, wood-destroying insect report. And what this does is it will include a diagram of the property and locations of active or previous active termite infestation. Now, in California, we divide it up and we call it section one and section two in the termite report. Uh, in other parts of the U.S. and Canada, it might be called something else. Section one is an important part for you to realize because that isn't means where you actively have an infestation of termites. So, of course, that would be the area that's recommended that you get it treated pretty darn quickly. You can treat those areas by either spraying the area or doing a local treatment or simply replacing and removing the wood. And worst case scenario, you need to do a full home fumigation. Yeah, tent time like a circus. So that's the important part for you to know about. Uh, in California, we call areas that are not active infestation but could be a problem in the future. They're going to call that Section 2. Now, in many parts of the country, a home has to be inspected for termites before it can be sold. Now, it's supposedly that way in California, but you can actually waive it if you want to when you're a buyer. The reason for this is because depending on market conditions, your lender could be a real stickler about this and they could want it to get done, and they could force you as the buyer to pay for it. But if the market's right, your unicorn realtor might be able to help you by getting the seller to pay for it. And keep in mind, if it is required that you need a termite clearance, they call it, a complete section one, done, finished, and fixed. If this involves a fumigation, this can get really tricky because the home has to be packed up, fumigated. Yeah, which means everyone's got to pack everything up and vacate the place. And who pays for that? That's going to depend on the market conditions. And that is a perfect segue for me. Time to give you a brief current market condition update. I heard something really amazing yesterday, and I need to pass it on to you. Because for the past five years, this termite cost, it has totally been passed on to you, the first-time homebuyer, because the sellers had the way upper hand. Bidding frenzies, 
auctions going on, lines outside the door and at the open house trying to buy every single listing. But as I record this podcast, it's October 28th, 2022. And on October 27th, yesterday, I talked to someone and got some really interesting news. I was talking to one of my favorite realtors in Las Vegas. He's a super unicorn dude that I've known forever. And in fact, been one of my favorite realtors to work with way before I even created the idea of the unicorn nation out there. He reported to me that he was seeing a big shift in his local Las Vegas market. And that's very, very important because in the 20 years that I've been studying the market, Las Vegas is usually an indicator. It's the first one up and the first one down. Interesting fact. Well, he reported a shift that's happening right there. He was able to negotiate a $15,000 closing cost credit paid for by the seller. And one of my listeners was the beneficiary of that just recently. Another one of his listeners, they got a $10,000 closing credit from the seller to the buyer. Yeah, in both these cases, they got the seller to take $10,000 or $15,000 directly from their profits from the sale of their home and credit it back to the buyer who now ends up paying jack cheese nada in closing costs. Remember when I told you that it wouldn't be a crash, but a slow moving correction? Well, this is a sign that correction is happening. And in even bigger news coming from a boy in Vegas, this unicorn realtor also had another listener who's in one of those long-term contracts on a new build. Now, if you don't know about that, let me explain it to you. Sometimes when you buy a new house, it's not built yet. So it might take three to nine months for you to be under contract while they build the home. And of course, they require a deposit for you to hold that home. And I know I told you back in earlier in 2022 that some builders were actually taking that deposit, but still canceling the contracts fully legally because the contract says all they have to do is return your deposit back to you, the poor unsuspecting buyer who thinks you have a locked in deal. Yeah, they can break the contract after they've cashed your deposit check and give it back to you. That's all they owe you with no explanation. So if your deposit is ten or $20,000 less than the difference that they could get in a new jacked up price, because while you've been waiting three, four, five months, the prices have been going up. Guess what the builder's going to do? They're going to give you your money back and sell it and make an even bigger profit for the thirsty public. So sure, you put your $20,000 down to secure the property, but they give your $20,000 back and sell it for $50,000 more. And as my video producer just uh, whispered over to me, that should be criminal. Yeah. Preach to the choir. I'm with you. So one of the big things, that's the reason why I've been saying for years and years and years, always make sure that you have a unicorn realtor with you and don't just go straight through the builder. If you go straight through the builder, they're going to screw you because they're doing this to people that are represented by realtors and still figuring out a way to screw them. Imagine how much they're going to screw you if you have no protection at all. Well, here's the cool thing. In Las Vegas, the market's changing. And because this unicorn realtor knows that, he's got someone in a long build. Now, the property doesn't set, isn't set to be finished being built and closing until November. So he went back and renegotiated with them now. He got $7,000 back from the lender. So now that buyer has a cheaper closing costs. And trust me, we're going to be keeping an eye on Vegas because as they go, like I said, the rest of the country goes. I saw it in 2000, 2007, 2011, and we're seeing it again today. Follow Vegas. You know where the market's going. Our next T is called third-party origination. Now, this term is not 
you know, exclusively to real estate. But when you hear it in this case, it's regarding a home purchase. It usually means it's the process in which a lender uses another party to completely or partially originate, process, underwrite, close, and fund or package a mortgage loan. Just so you know. Now, alphabetically, the next T that we're doing in these terms and definitions, it would be title and title-related words. Now, that's a big chunk. I gave you just a little bit earlier with the tenancy in common, but I'm going to skip through all the title things and do that in part two of the T, Ted Lasso Hates T episodes. So we'll move on right now and we'll skip to the next term after title. That's total interest percentage, also known as TIP. Get it? T-I-P. The total interest percentage, the TIP, That's a disclosure that tells you how much interest you're going to pay over the life of your mortgage loan. Now, if you've never done this with your car or your credit card and figured out what you would pay on that if you just paid minimums for the rest of your life, I ask you, if you're on the treadmill, stop. If you're in the car, pull over. If you're doing dishes, put down anything that's expensive. Because if you've never done this calculation before, you're going to trip out. If you just pay the minimums, you're going to pay a lot more than just the price tag. Okay, are you ready for this? A $400,000 home paid off at the minimum monthly payments over 30 years at today's 7% interest rate, that's going to cost you $958,035.57 because the total interest that you'll pay at that 7% for 30 years if you just pay the minimums is $558,035.57. That's your total interest percentage if you take the whole 30 years and you just pay the minimums. But look, if you reduce the principal, these things change. As a matter of fact, if you make just one extra payment of $2,000 a year, the total interest that you're going to pay over 30 years, it actually drops over $100,000 from $558 to $452,000. So don't freak out about this because remember, 30 years is a long time and you are going to have a billion different things that are going to change in your personal finances during this time. And you're going to be able to do all sorts of things to reduce that interest payment, including, you know, perhaps selling the home in 10 years and not having to pay that all off. And what if you do stay there for 30 years? Well, remember, your payment is fixed. So while rents keep going up and up and up, in 10 or 15 years from now, I know you're going to freak out about this, but it's not going to seem as rough to make that big stretch payment that you pay today because wages will have increased. Your payment stays fixed. So anyone who just pays the minimum payment for all 30 years, actually, I don't know who that anyone is. I don't even understand how the situation goes because uh, 30 years from now, you're not in a situation to pay more or 20 years from now or 15 years from now on that fixed position. I don't quite understand how that math's going to work, but the bottom line is you're probably not going to pay that because you're either going to refinance or you're going to sell the house or you're going to find a way to pay it off early as you go down the line. So don't let this formula be the reason to stop you from renting because I guarantee you guys this. That for most of you, the personal formula that you have for renting right now and getting absolutely nothing in return is worse than all the other options that you're going to have when you own a home and you have that fixed monthly payment for 30 years. Our next T is townhouse. This is a term that often gets confused in real estate. Look, townhouse in California, townhouse is just like an artsy term. It's a descriptive term. It is not a legal term at all. Most townhomes or townhouses in California are legally condominiums. 
So wherever you are in your area, be sure to check that townhome is a legal term because that'll affect what kind of loan you can get on it. Or if it's just a descriptive term like ranch style or tutor. The next T is transfer tax, something you need to be aware of because this could affect your closing costs, could be paid for by the buyer or the seller, but some states or local tax areas have taxes that are payable when the title is passed from one owner to the other. Okay, our next T is treasury index. Are you ready to nerd out with me? All right, let's do it. This is a good one to reference when you're asking mom and dad to help them with a the down payment because they've heard the term treasury index, but uh, they might not know exactly what it means. Now, the treasury index is an umbrella term for all the various guides that are based on the action of the U.S. treasuries, such as uh, treasury bills, treasury notes, and treasury bonds, also known as T-bills, T-notes, and T-bonds which coincidentally enough is the crew names for three guys from my breakdancing crew in the 80s, all named Tony. Yeah, T-Bills and T-Note. Boy, and T-Bonds had a sweet head spin. Why do you care about the Treasury Index? You're not doing Wall Street stuff, you're buying a house. Well, because the Treasury, U.S. Treasury Index is also used as a benchmark for mortgage interest rates. One of the kind of general rules of thumb is if you're savvy, you can look at the 10-year treasury rate and know that mortgage rates are usually somewhere between 1.75 and 2% higher than whatever the 10-year T-bill rate is. Nerd, now you know. Our next T is the Truth in Lending Act. This is very good for you because it is a federal law obligating a lender to give full written disclosure of fees, terms, and conditions associated with the loan. Next T is a two-step mortgage. I'm just telling you this because some old school people like to call it that. This is just another term for an arm, that adjustable rate mortgage. Again, don't even think about getting into an adjustable rate mortgage until you research the crap out of it. Next T is a trust. Now, this is going to come to play a couple different ways if you're a first-time home buyer. First, after you buy your home, you should seriously consider putting your home into a trust because even if you have a will and all the title holders become unalive, that is, they perish and decease, well, then that home goes into probate and you don't want that, but a trust will protect you from that. Now, the second way is when you're looking to purchase a home that is marked a trust sale, you're going to have a few giant hurdles that you need to be aware of. Uh, first of all, you're going to be dealing with feuding siblings that can't agree on how much granny's house should sell for. So do not expect a simple contract negotiation. And then sometimes when that happens, you have attorneys and courts and other people that need to approve everything before you can actually get your offer accepted. So you might get your offer accepted by the first person who gets it, but then they're going to go and show it to the whole gang or the judge and it might not be accepted at all. So make sure you have a bitch and unicorn who understands these trust sales and be ready to buy a home like an investor, not like a regular first-time home buyer. There you go, gang. That's episode one for the tease. Stay tuned for part two, which is going to be all things title. Check out the YouTube at How to Buy a Home Podcast for more information. Instagram's at David Sedoni. TikTok at How to Buy a Home. And of course, you can always get everything at howtobuyahome.com. And please, gang, share, share the podcast and review on Apple and Spotify. You can review there now. 94 seconds to write one quick little review for the hours and hours of free content. I think it's a pretty good deal and I'll help keep the lights on here and it'll also spread the word and make this revolution grow and grow because we want educated, informed, and empowered first-time home buyers. You can do this.